0: You're listening to Mentoring Developers, episode 91. Let's go.
1: Welcome to Mentoring Developers, the podcast for new and aspiring software developers, where we discuss your struggles, anxieties, and career choices. And now, here's your host, Arsalan Ahmed.
0: In this episode of Mentoring Developers, I'll be talking to Greg D'Amico. Greg is a lecturer in data science at the Flatiron School, and he's been there for a long time. This interview was recorded in 2021. He's originally from the Midwest in Ohio. He's been settled out west in Seattle. So he has experience in both the Midwest and the West Coast. He's taught everywhere. His passion is data science. And today we'll be talking to him about data science, about Flatiron School and other boot camps, and what it's like to be in a boot camp as a mentor, as a a teacher, also as a student. And I think that this is a great, great little interview for people who are interested in boot camps, who are interested in data science and who's interested to see what it's like to be in a boot camp. And learning data science especially from the point of view of a person that's on the other side of the aisle all right I think you're gonna enjoy this let's get ready and get started how are you doing Greg
1: I'm doing well Arslan. thanks for having
0: me on the show how did you decide to become a data scientist
1: well R turned out to be a very significant letter for me I I was in philosophy graduate school I did finish my PhD, um, but I wasn't finding the sort of work that I wanted after that was done. It's, you know, it's very difficult in academia to get to get the sort of high-powered job that a lot of people are looking for, and um, I moved to Seattle, and after I got to Seattle, I decided that I wanted to go back to school, and I, I did have an old physics degree rusting on my shelf somewhere, so I I thought, well, you know, I've got some math skills. I think I could go do this applied mathematics program at the University of Washington. And uh, shortly after I started that, an old friend of mine from philosophy grad school, Mike, said, hey, have you studied any R?" And I started looking into it, and I thought, wow, this R language looks really cool. I don't have a lot of programming background. I've done a little bit here and there. But I started looking into R, I took a course on R, I realized sort of immediately its potential for data analysis and data science. And that was sort of my entry in. I started reading a bunch of things about data science. I jumped into a a bootcamp for data science. And uh, before long, you know, I had finished a bootcamp and I was able to land a job teaching at Flatiron School in data science. And so that was, that was sort of my entry into the tech world. It's never too late to, to start. It's never too late to jump into tech. Um, I think, you know, I think sometimes people are scared to make that transition. And obviously I meet a lot of people teaching a bootcamp in data science who are scared. You know, they've, they've, they're making these large career changes. They've been doing one thing and they're thinking, well, you know, data science seems like something I could do maybe my background is quite different and I'm scared to do it, but I feel like, I feel like I've got a chance. Um, and, and they really do, you know, there's, there's a lot you can learn in a short time. There are lots of resources about R, lots of resources about Python. Python is actually the language of choice at Flatiron, so I work mostly in Python these days. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's one step at a time. You know, there's, there's always a lot to learn but you don't have to learn a lot to be able to make some cool things, to be able to start on some cool projects. And once you can do that, well, then you can get in touch with other people who are working on things. You can share ideas. You can share your own work. And then you're sort of, then you're sort of right there in the community. You know?
0: A question that a lot of our listeners would have right now is, is it really that useful, data science? Why should I learn it?
1: You know, I think data science has arisen largely because of lots of technological improvements to do with data. So we are now incredibly good at storing data, at producing data, at um, having accurate uh, data recordings. There's, you know, you can look online and find stats about exactly how much data is produced every day. I think it's, you know on the order of uh, you know quintillions of bytes or something like that just huge amounts of data and lots of companies have their own data these days to worry about you know amazon for example um, part of the reason that amazon is successful is they have lots and lots and lots of data about their customers about the things that they've bought about other things that they bought about you know here's a bunch of things that people just like you have bought, maybe you're interested in that too, you know? Um, and if you have access to a bunch of data about your customers and you can access it quickly, then, you know, that's that sort of proves its business value pretty quickly. So I think of data science as having a sort of immediate business angle, uh, but there's also this kind of, you know, technological aspect to it. It's just as all of these technologies have gotten better, it's natural that we have a lot of data. We have to have some understanding of how we can store that data, how we can access it, how we can share it, all that stuff. So data science itself as a discipline, certainly it helps to have some understanding of things like databases and where data lives and how to access it and so on. But it's also a bit of coding, it's a bit of mathematics, it's a bit of statistics, um, and so you know when we do our boot camps, we try to we try to cover all those all those bases uh, at least a little bit.
0: What does it take to be a data scientist? Can anyone be a data scientist, or do you need some some certain skills, certain aptitudes? What do you think?
1: Oh, I think they can. I you know you don't you don't need obviously you don't need sort of entire college courses in that. You know, you need some understanding of the fundamentals of data science. So you need to be able to understand simple things like, um, you know, if I know that my data are likely to be normally distributed, for example, that can be a helpful thing to know, right? Or maybe I'm drawing data from some binary distribution and so I have some understanding of what that distribution looks like. Um, you don't need sort of high-powered mathematical understanding, really. Uh, just some some basic understanding of statistics 101. You know, there's a little bit of calculus that could help you, but not you know that's not a huge aspect of it. Um, there's a little bit of algebra that's helpful, but you know there are lots and lots of resources I think, and the mathematics itself shouldn't shouldn't be a hurdle I think for, for anyone who wants to study data science
0: what I want to know about uh, data science is that data science is is a separate discipline on its own right right and what you're talking about using data to get some results get some meaningful results out of the data mm-hmm, yeah. so if for instance you're a university and you have data about your students, the students themselves, the courses that they register for, how frequently they do it in which semester, which course is more popular. So you wanted to say, "I want to predict next fall, what are the courses that might actually exceed capacity, where I may need to have you know an extra teacher to teach this course because because there's so much demand, but I need to know ahead of time so I could schedule it." That kind of a thing, right? You could, yeah. So your data goes into some kind of a data warehouse, where it's stored in some some kind of structure, maybe tables, that are probably not normalized. It would mean I would expect them to be, a lots and lots of columns, everything in there, so you don't have to do lots of joins right. because that's faster to read, and then, and then you would be able to, actually ask your system, some intelligent questions, and it answers it. That's one aspect that I can think of. The other one is, Mm -hmm. hey, uh, Mr. Data Scientist, I have these uh, 100 terabytes of data. Go get me, give me some insights. I don't know what I'm looking for. Yeah. Which way is it it falling here, this data science? Is it both things?
1: Yeah, I think it's both things. Uh, I think very often, you know, I think about data science very often as trying to solve problems with data you know Mm. and those problems can take lots of forms often they're you know sometimes they're just straightforwardly financial things like how can our business make more money you know um Mm -hmm. and sometimes they're really more investigative things like you know i've got a bunch of customers and i want to do some sort of customer segmentation because i want to you know Mm. have a sort of targeted marketing campaign i want you know, some ads to go to some people who are likely to pay attention to those ads and other ads to go to other people who are likelier to pay attention to that sort of advertising, you know? So there are lots of different problems, Um, but very often what's happening is the data scientists will build some sort of model, some sort of predictor. And you're right, very often the data that you start with has some sort of tabular form, right? Maybe I've got a bunch of columns of data a bunch of rows. Rows will represent one record, one observation, you know, one customer maybe, or one house up for sale, maybe. And you know, each of the columns will be some feature about each of those records. You know, so if I've got a bunch of houses for sale, maybe I've got a column that represents number of bedrooms. Or if each of my rows is, you know, students. Uh, at a college then maybe one of my columns is you know grades for a particular quarter or something like that so um, the general idea is I've got all these columns and one of my columns is sort of privileged one of my columns is the thing that I'm trying to predict the thing that I'm trying to model right and I'm going to use all my other columns all the information that I have there to try to make accurate predictions about what's in the the column of interest. Um, If I've got thousands of rows or millions of rows, then it's very difficult for a human being to sort of pick up on the patterns that might be there. But a computer is really fast, right? If, If I just show a computer, well, here are the values that I get for these rows in these particular columns. And here are the vol- the values that I get for the column of interest. And then I say, okay, now here are some rows that you haven't seen before. And they have these values in these columns. What do you think it's likely to have in the column of interest? You know, And the computer sort of builds a model and then is able to use that model to make predictions on the unseen data that, that is new. Um, and then you can sort of evaluate that model. Is it good? Is it accurate? And so on. Um, that sort of thing is, is very often what's what's at the heart of a lot of data science problems.
0: Okay. So if I have to build that model, so some piece of software has to do that. Mm-hmm. So are you, as a data scientist, are you writing custom code is just start from scratch and just start building a model or do you use a tool? And maybe script it a little bit.
1: There are lots of tools. Um, I think you know I think really Python is, is is probably the number one language right now for data science. And much of the reason for that has to do with the fact that there are lots of well, first of all, it's open source. So it's open source project, lots of people contributing. Um, and there are lots of tools, lots of libraries that you can just import into your own workspace. That already do lots of really cool data science things, right? So if I want to build a you know a random forest model, well, there are random forest tools that I can just import right into my own workspace, introduce them to my own particular data, and they'll build predictions for me, you know, straight out of the box. And I don't have to sort of create the model from scratch. And so because of all these different libraries that are available in Python. Uh, really powerful, flexible tool, and you can get models up and running with with really just just a few lines of code because of all the the work that's that's uh, already been done mm. by the library.
0: Yeah oh, that's great! Yeah, Python is is a great great language yeah. for beginners, but also for for people who are doing data science. Yeah. But I wonder why Python, because I don't know what Python is doing that is so different than say Ruby or Java, there must be something, maybe there's there's some built-in libraries that do certain things, I'm assuming, some some math functions that others don't?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's right. Um, so for example, there, there are certain libraries of Python that we introduce to our students in the first week because they will use them all the time. Um, so for example, there's a package called NumPy, numerical Python, right? And it's basically a tool for scientific computing. It's a tool for doing, you know, sophisticated mathematics. But it's really fast, right? You can do sort of these vectorized operations. You can add arrays together lightning quick. You can multiply them. You can do, if you want to, you can do uh, scientific notation. If you want to, you can do uh, complex numbers. You can do trigonometry. You can do all sorts of stuff. Another tool is Pandas and Pandas is uh, the name I think comes from something like panel data and it used to be this sort of uh, object type called a a panel. It's not really used much anymore but anyway um, really powerful tool for manipulating uh, tables of data the sort of technical term in Pandas is a data frame data frame is just a Basically, just a big table of data, and lots of really powerful tools for manipulating them quickly. Adding columns is, you know, just a line. Multiplying a column by a number is just a line of code. Adding columns together, whatever you want to do, filtering your data. You know, I'm only interested in, you know, rows that have this value, and so on. Just really fast, really powerful. So tools like that make Python. Really
0: good. Yeah, no, I can imagine there is a reason why everybody is gravitating towards Python. Yeah. You know, there you can do really good websites, MVC websites in Python, you could, you could start off as your first programming language, and it's easy enough, but it has these advanced features, like this numerical library you're, you're referring to. Yeah. That's good. And the good news is, it's all free. If you want to get started, it's yeah. free to get started and the libraries are probably also free this is this is the beauty of this open source ecosystem okay that's all good but what kind of jobs can i do because my because if i'm thinking if someone is listening right now and they're thinking okay that sounds interesting but complicated and i don't i don't want to commit to something where i may not see the return so what's the return here what kind of jobs are available and what kind of experience they need to have
1: yeah yeah it's a good question i so um you know because data science is still relatively young i think there are lots of job titles that might be relevant um so most obviously things like data analyst data scientist but maybe also business analyst maybe also data engineer maybe also, you know, quantitative researcher or something like that, statistician, applied statistician, uh, machine learning engineer, right? So there there are lots of different titles that are available. Um, I think uh, any boot camp that's worth its salt should at least prepare students for a data analyst role. Um, And if if you're tackling a data analyst role, probably you're looking at um, a healthy amount of, Data visualization, healthy amount of uh, interacting with databases using SQL, uh, maybe some maybe some non-SQL databases as well too. If you have some unstructured data, uh, but you know all that stuff, I think is really within reach. It's a matter of learning the fundamentals of some of these tools, which you know I think you can do in in 15 weeks. You know. Um, if you're sort of dedicated to to the study of these things, you know, learning the fundamentals can go a long way and you can do it pretty fast.
0: That's good to know. So in other words, if I know databases, if I know my way around, basically I can write queries, I can yeah. I'm comfortable with, with SQL databases. Let's say that I know SQL Server or Oracle or Postgres or my SQL, one of those, and I know a little bit about MongoDB or NoSQL, unstructured sort of databases, yeah. which scale better, but I kind of know both, I'm not an expert, but I know enough, and then I learned Python, so just the ins and outs of just a few basic concepts, the syntax, the loops, and, and so on, the how to make a function, and how to Make a some make something reusable things like that, and then I look at the numerical libraries and some other very data science specific libraries and how to call them and what types of errors I get and and so on and so forth. Now, I I, I know that you would probably do a lot more in an actual um, iron data science bootcamp, mm-hmm. but. I think overall that that you can get a few things in. So now I've graduated, I've done my 15 weeks. Can I actually get a job right now? Or do I need to do further work or do I need to work for free for a while internships? How do I actually get a paid job?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I, I certainly can't report that everybody who graduates from Flatiron has a job within a few weeks. You know, that's, that's not reality, but but I can say that we do see graduates getting jobs. Um, and, you know, usually it's, it's probably on the order of uh, three months, uh, something like that, maybe three to six months, um, sometimes faster. Um, sometimes students will get sort of a paid internship or they'll get sort of, um, you know, uh, temporary work. They'll have sort of contract jobs. That's certainly always possible. So I think it's realistic. Uh, we, you know, we have a Slack channel devoted to students getting jobs. You know, and we're sort of constantly updating it and constantly remarking on it. Like, hey, it sounds like got a job. That's really great. It's really, it's really sort of our north star. So you know, we're we're in the business of making sure students get jobs. You know, we're not we're not interested in you know uh giving students a hard time or giving them lots of work to do we're interested in in getting them jobs right so you know
0: obviously there is demand for data science the reason we are even having this conversation and the reason you got the job as an instructor is because there are people that want to learn and it is very 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 relevant in these days where we have data everywhere as you said and we want to get some insights out of that and some large, large companies definitely use it. But, you know, other small players probably could use it as well. That's why it's it's growing because people are waking up to the reality that this could be useful or a competitive advantage. Yeah. So they don't want their competitors to have all the advantage. So, so it's going to grow. It, it has to grow. But as a, a young person, I know that there are jobs as software developers, just straight up full stack developers. I know there are jobs in in infrastructure networking, there are jobs in database management, mm-hmm. even testing. Lots of jobs are out there. So, what kind of a person, or what type of a person, or a young person, should pick data science over, let's say, full stack development? Or do you think it? Do you think you need to be a certain type of person who has a a certain a way of working or learning that would succeed in data science?
1: Yeah. I, so. I think I would say, you know, there, there obviously is a quite a bit of overlap in the sort of skills required between data science and other types of software engineering roles or web development roles. I think data science especially caters to people who are just have a sort of natural curiosity about things. Um, you know, they're interested in in solving problems. Um, you know. Netflix works in part because it solved a problem, you know. Uh, How many people watch a TV show and then sort of wonder, well, I finished that, what should I watch next, you know? Um, Netflix has a really good way of answering that, right? Because they can say, well, here's all these other people that we know about. They watched that show that you just watched. They also watched all these other things, right? Probably you'd be interested in that too, Right? And then so it's sort of easy for you to say, oh, well, yeah, I guess I'll give that a shot. And it's really effective, right? Because, because um, tastes are often, you know, not as fine-grained as the millions or thousands of movies and TV shows that, that exist, right? It's like, I have a taste for Westerns, so if I liked that Western, all these other people watch that Western, they also watch this other Western, I should give that a shot. So, you know, if you have a sort of interest in sympathy for solving that kind of problem, working with that sort of issue, then I mm-hmm. think data science is for you.
0: Okay. So good. And I'm am I'm imagining a situation where someone starts off as a developer. It's getting boring, not exciting anymore. They can say, let me try data science. I know Python already. I know databases. I don't know anything about data science, but I'll just go study on the side, the nights and weekends, I'll do some, Mm -hmm. I'll find some resources, blogs, books, whatever, and I'll do something for six months and then I'll try my luck. Maybe I'll get a job as a data scientist. And then or somebody started as a data scientist, they just didn't like the work and they would say, well, I know Python now, I know a little bit about databases. Let me see if I can be a full stack developer. So you you could switch between those, right?
1: Definitely, definitely. I, I think, you know, again, I, I do think there's a fair bit of overlap app there. Um, certainly, you know, some of the lectures that data science students hear would be useful for full stack students and vice versa. So yeah, I think once you've started opening your mind up to all the different tools that tech has to offer, then yeah, it shouldn't be a big deal to, to try to switch between the different levels.
0: What do you think are the best resources right now? So if someone doesn't have the money because it costs money to go to boot camps, what if they don't have the money right now, but they are interested and they want to pursue this, what are some free resources that they can use?
1: Yeah. Um, One of my favorites is called codewars.com. I don't know if people know this, but it's – basically it's just coding practice and
0: i thought it was a first-person shooter game yeah it um, <laughs> looks like it but no okay so it's like lead code yeah it's it's it's
1: sort of got this kind of asian martial arts theme to it ah. but basically um it's a bunch of problems like write a function that does blah 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 and you can do this in just about any language that you can think of. I, I forget okay. how many languages are supported, but it's you know, I think it's about fifty or something at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can click on Python. You can click on R. You can click on you know other data science languages or something else. You know, you could click on on C if you want to you want to get deeper to the machine, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of cool problems, you know, you can just sort of work on building up your understanding of syntax and it, it'll, it'll show you, if you don't get it right, it'll show you what sort of problems you're getting, it'll print out error messages for you, so really useful, really nice way to, to sort of level up your, your coding ability. Um, I think there are also lots of um, e-books and things online about about some uh, resources like Python, um, Stack Overflow. I, probably everybody says this, but Stack Overflow is a really nice resource. Yep. Lots of people post questions about, "Hey, I'm getting this sort of error," or, you know, "Why is it that that this seems to work and this thing doesn't?" And lots of smart people answer. You know, uh, mm-hmm. lots of really good resources there too. So, um, you know, I think if if somebody were really interested in data science and really wanted was really starting from scratch, mm-hmm. um, you know, you could really Google data science uh, 101 or something like that, and you would right. find some good resources. You know, there's just there's just so much out there on the web right now. I think I think it's pretty easy to get started.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. And one of the best ways of people switching careers, or moving up or, or having a kind of a sideways transition is to find perhaps something else that happening in your own company right now. If you're working, you're working for a large corporation and you're doing QA, yeah. which is fun, but you want to do something more exciting. Maybe you want to go to data science, go some, do some research. Maybe there is a data science department and yeah. you will have... I mean, those people who already are working there, they have an easier time getting in. And um, a lot of times you may not be able to get the job that you really want, but you could shadow people, you could make friends there, you could start having lunches or coffee breaks over there and you can pick up things and they may be able to refer you to another company where they are hiring or, you know, maybe just let you work on something and put something on the resume because I think that would be the most important thing in general software development. This is key You need lots of projects in your resume so that not only that it shows that you have done some work, Mm. it shows that you have finished projects, but it also shows that you, you can handle it. And so the problem with data science is it seems to be that you need big data. And if I, if you're, (laughs) if you're in high school, you, you don't have big data. (laughs) <laughs> right, mm-hmm. you, You're not Procter & Gamble that it needs to sell to uh, consumers. So that would be the problem. I think it would not necessarily be super easy to get working on it and actually produce and show amazing results if, unless you're working in that kind of environment. And I'm assuming, I don't really know, but I'm assuming there might be some open source data sets or something that people can just use to hone their skills a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there are there are some good projects that I've seen that were done on small data sets. You know, it's still mm-hmm. possible if the data sets are sort of interesting enough. Definitely. Um, so, you know, that's, that's definitely a possibility. There are also lots of uh, cloud services that people can utilize to handle uh. big data, you know. So maybe I can't hold this whole data set on my own. Machine and mm. tap into virtual machines courtesy of Google mm. or Amazon or something. You know.
0: so, do you think this is really tied to machine learning? Cause I hear a lot about this where you can show a picture to a program and it can actually show you similar pictures because you have trained it using artificial intelligence, neural networks and all of that good stuff yep. where actually it can see patterns once it knows what you're looking for. Once you train it, then it can see patterns is that would you call that data science or?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I'd say that's a branch of it too, um, because ultimately it's really just a, another type of model. You know, a neural network is it's a model, really. It's just a really fancy sort of model, right? I've introduced mm-hmm. the machine to thousands of images, maybe millions of images. There are networks like this around, um, and if I feed it labels for the different images, you know, I say, I just gave you an image of a cat. Right, that's a cat. Right. Image of a dog. Here's ten thousand more images of cats. Here's ten thousand more images of dogs and airplanes and houses and whatever else. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, there are lots of ways that you could depict a cat, right? But if you have a nice diversity of cats, some of them are standing up, some of them are lying down, some of them are awake, some of them are asleep, some of them are black, some of them are white, etc., etc. Right? Well, then what the computer is going to be learning to figure out what constitutes a cat is not, you know, it's not just some particular arrangement of pixels. Uh, it's some very complicated pattern, right? It's well, the pixels might look sort of like that, or maybe they're more like this, you know. And if pixels of the image are basically themselves the columns of data that I'm building my model on, right, then then it's the same principles. Same principles apply. I mean, pretty pretty cool.
0: All right, people want to get in touch with you. How can they do that? Yeah, you can certainly find me
1: on LinkedIn. Um, if you look for Greg D'Amico at Flatiron, I'm sure you'd find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm also G-A-D-A-M-I-C-O on GitHub. So happy to, happy to have people reach out to me.
0: Thank you so much for being a part of this show and helping us. All right, thanks so much. Appreciate it. So I have been working on an online space, online academy, where you get mentorship, where you get really good technical and non-technical education, but also a caring environment where people care about you, where you feel like you will make it, because there are people who actually have empathy towards you. They're going to help you succeed because they've all been there. So stay tuned for that. This is going to be pretty big in 2023. Hopefully, we will start with a nice, good cohort of people, build up steam as we go. All right, people, this has been a pleasure.
1: For show notes and transcripts, visit us at mentoringdevelopers.com.